Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast on episode 50. Uh, here with Bob and Justin, the gang. We've all had a good week, guys. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. Happy, happy, happy. This is, um, it's not very, we, we, in terms of what we're covering today on the podcast, we're covering what the hell happened this past week, which was, I would say, one of the best developments for dem- democracy in two years. Yeah. yeah. Right? Easily. Right. This is, we're still vote counting as we stand. We're recording this on Friday morning. Um, I'm going to do my best to get this podcast out as soon as possible. Um, so it remains relevant. I think we're still going to be counting into probably into next week. Uh, but as it stands, it looks like the Democrats are going to keep the Senate, um, which is huge. Absolutely yeah, yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, where, where do we like, uh, the 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 count we're still in, Arizona um, and Nevada are still up in the air and Georgia yeah well is no going. they just called my uh, uh, Arizona for Kelly so Kelly's that's that seats in oh, the done. bag and, yeah, and I always okay. thought it would be but uh, the the key race there is uh, Lake and Hobbs but I think uh, I think Hobbs is going to win that um, Nevada is the open question. Hmm. And that one's like making me bite my nails because it's really uh, yeah. It, yeah. It'll basically decide, and obviously the uh, the runoff election in December, notwithstanding, mm. we're talking about uh, the entire balance of the Senate being held by that Nevada race with Cortez Masto and the runoff in Georgia. But I think we're either going to land at fifty fifty with either Georgia or Nevada, or we're going to be at fifty one forty nine with both Georgia and Nevada. So. And if it's 51-49, you know what that means. That means either mansion or cinema is no longer relevant. Only yeah. one of them will be relevant to pass things. So that'll be the key. Um, you know, obviously, if one of them backs out, that puts it at 50-50. You know, I guess both of them could back out, ultimately. And Kamala Harris could break a tie. I mean, the mm. math is is still on the table as far as how that plays out, depending on who who the winner is in, in Nevada and Georgia. But I, I'm pretty confident right now that uh, Warnock will get reelection. I mean, no one's worked harder for his seat in the Senate than Raphael Warnock. The poor right? guy. The poor yeah, dude. Seriously. Oh my god. The second. And he's, but he's had to he's had to run all of these races in a, a very short period of time. And uh, several of them. What is like? This is his third. Um, there. Well, actually, no. Let me take that back. This runoff will be the fourth election in what two years that he's yep. had to run. There was the general election that he had to run in in 2020. Then there was a runoff there, and then there was this week's election, and then another runoff. So that's four, right? Am I getting that wrong? Am yeah, I getting no, that timetable wrong? God damn. One, two, three, How four. many senators have had to run four times in two years? Pretty amazing. And he's, uh, you know, he's got a strong track record so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think that 
he is still ahead, right? He's actually won more votes than Herschel Walker. Yeah, can you imagine getting 0.4% away from victory? Oh <laughs> Every gosh. vote counts. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and but w- also what's going on in Nevada, right? So there, there, I've been following all these accounts on Twitter of like it's, it's, it's obscure like Las Vegas um, journalists and uh, journalists from Nevada and uh, to find out because, you know, they're on the ground and doing a lot of the, the sort of hard work. And it, mm-hmm. it, well, from what I can see as it stands, the counties that are still to come in are more urban areas right they're more like more populated more diverse and i think i think it's like um 55 percent of them have to swing democrat for mm-hmm. us to uh to, to to take it right is that is that um is that right i think that that's what i've, I've last seen yeah i mean it's mostly uh what's the county where vegas is that's the big question and it depends. Clark? Like there was a the last I saw last night uh, with Kornacki was uh, the county where Reno is. Yeah, that the votes still to come in. They were forecasting that it was going to be pretty evenly split mm. between Laxalt and Cortez Masto. But yeah. the and I'm the names of the counties. These two counties are slipping my mind. But the county where Vegas is. That's supposed to the votes still remaining heavily favor or should heavily favor Cortez Masto. In fact, if she gets 60 percent of those votes, then she will uh, barely squeak over the threshold. Yes, because right. There be, as, as and, and there, we may not, not know a result for some time, because if that happens, there will definitely be a recount. Yeah, they'll have to do a recount, right? Yeah. So, so, we, so as it stands, there's know. nine. Yeah, yeah there's there's nine thousand votes between them. So Laxalt is still ahead of of um, Cortez Masto. Yeah. Uh, but but I think you know most media outlets are of seem to be relatively confident that the Democrats are going to take this. They'll be, they'll find enough. They're going to get enough votes. I say find enough votes. Uh, that mm. sounds quite Trumpian. Um, <laughs> sounds like, uh, sounds yeah, like Donald yeah. Trump's perfect phone call to Brian. Yeah. Kemp. Yeah. Just find me 12,000 votes. Um, I, but I think it, it, it looks, I, I don't feel I'm not that anxious about it. You know, I'm not that anxious about what's, what's happening in Nevada, just given the, from the, the, what I'm seeing on Twitter, what I'm seeing on on the ground, that you know these these new these counties are going to come are going to come in Democrat. Like mm-hmm. it's, the rural counties are still coming in, but they're so sparsely populated that um, it's not going to make up enough of a difference. So anyway, pretty confident, pretty confident that Warnock is going to take it, even if it even if it's a fifty fifty split, right? Even if it's um, the Senate's fifty fifty split, and the House goes to uh, re- Republicans. It's still terrible. It's still off. This was a disaster for the Republican Party, an absolute disaster. And aided by the media, the media seems to have set them up for, you know, part of me thinks like, you know, yes, the media was um, basically screwed this up. Yeah, in, 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 like they really screwed this up. They went off the polls, um, which you know were like five thirty-eight. The polling averages were were skewed because of all these like terrible Republican polls, these corporate-funded um, and and GOP-funded. And Nate shit Silver polls. admitted it, which is so offensive. It's so weird, offensive. right? He admitted it and said, 
that's the price. You know, if you're not willing to pay the price to skew the polls, then tough shit Democrats. And it's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's that's so toxic. That's so toxic. Now we're now the polling has become a battlefield. Right. Now it's like competing polls, just like it's competing cable news networks and competing uh, voices on the Internet and competing Ugh. podcasts and all the rest of it. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That makes no. the polling entirely irrelevant. That means ignore the polls from now on. And any right. I say any uh, legitimate press outlet going forward who is relying on polls to generate their horse race narrative, they should be ignored. They yeah. and and I would imagine if they were smart, they would do some soul searching and stop relying on polls like that. Uh, but I, I doubt they will. But I mean, so we have to. We just have polls. to generally ignore what they're saying. Well, did you did you did you catch that Politico, Reuters, and Yahoo did their own polls in mm. the last couple of days, the last week, and they all came back and said the same thing: Democrats were winning, but yeah. they were so dedicated. To the that that uh, to that narrative that the Republicans hmm. had a red wave coming that they literally ignored their own polls. Yeah, all hmm. three of them put out articles with saying, "Oh, here's a poll showing Democrats winning. Ignore it. There's a red wave coming." Yeah, they actually fucking did that. They hmm. shit on their own polls and said these polls are outliers. Don't don't pay attention to them. There's a red wave coming. Yep, and it's and, like, uh, are, are you serious? Are you really doing that? And they did. Yeah, the the one bookmark you should absolutely delete if you still have it in your bookmarks is uh, Real Clear Politics. The RCP final average of all the polls right before Election Day uh, on the Senate side was, I think, 54 seats for Republicans, 46 seats for Democrats. Holy Jesus. Wow. Way, way off base. Wow. Way, way off wow. base. And those of us who were following the early vote numbers realized that. And, mm. and and also it's in a piece with prior uh, the prior two national elections, 2020 and 2018, they were wrong as well. Uh, maybe not as wildly wrong as this year, but they were fucking wrong. And mm. so and, and you know what? Going back to let's throw 2016 into the mix, too. Yeah. Um, but that that's a big question mark because of Russia. Right. Regardless, ignore the fucking polls. If you're not already, <laughs> ignore them from now on and don't trust any news media platform that's relying on those fucking polls. Yeah, because look, I was looking through the 538 polls, the polling averages, right? And I, w I was looking at the rankings of the polls and, and, and all of the, the, the A-listed polls had the Democrats ahead, right? Um. And then all of the ones that were like, you know, B or C or D or whatever it was, uh, all, all of them were, not all of them, but some of them were kind of wildly in favor of the of the Republicans, um, you know, by like six points or seven points or whatever it was. And, but then you look at the polling average, which is how 538 tabulates it, and it and it said, oh yeah, you know, Republicans are favored to win this. I'm like, okay, oh, wait a second, but all the best rated polls are saying that the Democrats are going to win this, are going to win this particular race. Um, yet the polling average says the opposite. So surely this model, I mean, I'm not saying that even the A-rated polls are, uh, are great, right? But they are rated on how well they've done over time, right? Like, what is their accuracy? Right. Um, why, is, why are the junk polls being given so much weight? Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. So, so it, it feels like 538 missed the trick really badly. Their model <laughs> basically sucks. 
Like it, yeah. it's just not relevant anymore. If you're going to just average out all the polls from anywhere, um, then why would you bother looking at? Let's just have the A-listed polls and then do an average of that, and then that should, you know, that that might be a sensible, a more sensible way of doing it. But regardless, you know, we've been talking about this for months. Look at the evidence. Look at the special elections. Look at what was happening on the ground. This was like clear that all the evidence was suggesting the real world evidence was suggesting that the democrats were going to do a lot better than expect than than you might think given the um the political environment for joe biden right the, like yeah. because the environment for biden absolutely sucks like it's fucking terrible inflation yeah. inflation is horrible inflation is i mean it's really bad right like i do i do think um you know uh, i it's not something to be underplayed right or or to be um, downplayed rather uh, the effects of of, of inflation is it hits everybody really hard, and it, it's not a fun economic environment to be in. When that happens, whoever's in power gets you know, regardless of whether it's their fault or not, they're going to get blamed for it. Rising gas prices is a big thing, right? I mean, it, it's hurt, it does hurt everybody. This is not Joe Biden's fault, in as much as it's not the Conservative government's fault in in the UK, right? So everyone's yeah. saying, "Oh, this is Joe Biden's fault." Like it's not. It it isn't. It's not liberal policies. It's not, you know, a government, you know, whatever it was, the, the, the COVID stimulus checks and that kind of stuff. It's nothing to do with that, right? It, the, the, these are, this is a huge, we have a war in Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia. Um, it's making gas prices spiral out of control. Uh, you know, we have just come out of a massive pandemic. Um, there's a lag. We're seeing a lag effect from that. Like we're in a very complex global globalized economy. There are many, many reasons why uh, inflation is is soaring at the moment. Right? Whoever happens to, be, I kind of feel bad for whoever is in power right now because it, they're getting the blame for you know a terrible economic outlook. And Joe Biden happens to be the guy in power right now. Um, so also like to put point out that the GOP had no plans to combat inflation, had no plans to combat spiraling gas prices. What were their plans? Not a single one that I've, I've nope. heard. Nothing. Nope. Zero. They never do. Um, so the, the odds were that Biden was going to get hammered, right? Remember in 2010? I mean, how many did the Democrats lost like 60 seats in the House? Something insane like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the last time Brutal. the party in power did this well in a midterm was 2002. And that was only because of 9-11 and the whatever you want to call it, the exploitation of the run up to the Iraq war. Right. I mean, that was it. The Republicans basically ran on. If you're a Democrat, you're with Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden. Yeah. And that was the campaign that took place in Georgia. The one I always talk about um, where Max Cleland got dis- absolutely destroyed by Rick Wilson and others, uh, you know, claiming that this guy, this Vietnam War veteran, Max Cleland, who left three limbs in Vietnam, was mm. somehow in league with Osama bin Laden. I mean, that was the <laughs> Republican attack ads against him. And and that's how the Republicans managed to actually gain seats in 2002, artificially, based on this 9-11 pretext. But generally speaking, this never happens. And so, you know, you got to give props to Joe Biden. I mean, I, like so many others, my mea culpa right now is leading up to the 2020 election, I underestimated Joe Biden. I underestimated what he could do. I I underestimated that he uh, would have 
such an impact on uh, American voters. And I underestimated his expertise as far as, you know, spending now 50 plus years in D.C. politics and knowing what's what because of that. And we've underestimated him, I think, as a president. The last two years have been wildly successful for him. And that, of course, is all seen through the prism of what's happened in the last six months, including the outcome of this election, which wasn't just a victory for Democrats in Congress. I mean, obviously, with some races and the balance of power notwithstanding, the blunting of the red wave being the story with the congressional races, but the state legislature races and the governor races Mm. have been, as far as I'm concerned, the most important outcome of all of this. The new trifectas Democrats have won. Um, The taking of, uh, you know, state legislature chambers, the uh, Pennsylvania Commonwealth House uh, being now taken over by Democrats, where there's a brand new majority leader in the Pennsylvania House named Joanna McClinton. And if you haven't seen her speak on the floor of the Pennsylvania House chamber, oh my God, go find it right now. Joanna McClinton. She's a barn burner. (laughs) Oh, my God. I played the sound of one of her floor speeches on my podcast yesterday, and I think my soundboard actually caught on fire. That's how that's how incredible it was. So there have been other accomplishments along the way at that level, too. I mean, new Democratic rock stars emerging like Josh Shapiro. Shapiro, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wes Moore in right here in Maryland. Wes Moore, Mm -hmm. our new governor. Uh, the first black governor of Maryland. He's an incredible, uh, or he's got an incredible future ahead of him. Mm. I mean, as presidential material, same with Josh Shapiro. I mean, the the bench is expanding on the Democratic side, and you have to credit how the Democrats time this. I've been talking about this for five months now, that some somehow and i'm not sure if this was by design or just by fluke but the democrats stacked up a whole bunch of legislative successes in august and early september so that american voters would remember then you combine that with the dobbs decision and young people who are pissed off about active shooter drills and their friends being gunned down in schools to the point where, uh, oh, and also older people ruining the planet for them and their posterity. They're pissed off too. So is this critical mass of all of these things coming together to completely stop this red hat movement? And we all have to, and we deserve to breathe a sigh of relief on that front because not only did we preserve democracy, but the levers and guardrails of democracy held up, held up in the face of, you know, the first election after the insurrection. I mean, we didn't know what the, I mean, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen this week as far as any violence or further insurrections and what have you. But then suddenly you've got election deniers who are conceding the election. You've got a Republican party who's like, you know, this fucking Trump guy, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. we need to ditch him. I mean, who knows? We, there, we've been down that road before, whether it was, you know, the grab them by the pussy tape or Charlottesville or Helsinki or January 6th. Lots of opportunities for the Republicans to cut bait with Donald Trump. But I think now that they've got someone else to uh, to, to receive their love, I think they're like, OK, well, it's time to break up. You know, it's like. 
it's like an asshole who gets to 60 years old, uh, divorces his wife and picks up the, you know, 22 year old trophy wife. Ron DeSantis is the 22 year old trophy wife. (laughs) That's that's the Republican mentality right now. Oh, this guy. But you know what? It's not going to be him either. Not going to be DeSantis. I'm just going to go out on a limb with that right now. I think I want to hear this. Yeah. I mean, look, so look, we, I mean, we're going to go for the, for the members only podcast today. We're going to be talking quickly about, well, yeah, a little bit more. We're going to oh, go did I a little bit gun? more in depth. I... No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. I mean, okay. we're going to talk about what does this mean for Trump and what does this mean for Ron DeSantis, right? So, like, I mean, but it's an in, it's a it, this is really what this midterm is kind of all about. Uh, you know, what is the f- the future of democracy? It, is America fucked basically? And I think that the midterms have resoundingly shown that no, the country isn't fucked, right? Enough people care about it. Enough people are concerned about what's going on. I mean, this was really about, like, the once they repealed Roe versus, Roe versus Wade, right? Once, once the right to abortion was gutted by the Supreme Court, the Trump, basically, the Trump-packed Supreme Court, I think that set off a chain of events that the Republicans can no longer control. Yeah. Right? It's the cat's out of the bag now, right? I think people kind of understand, like, okay, these guys really genuinely do want to take us back 200 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gen Z, uh, women, uh, minorities are not having it, not having it at all. And, you know, like, I see this as a sort of, um, as almost, I'm not saying more important than the 2020 election, but nearly. It was nearly as important as the 2020 election. The 2020 yeah. election was like, yeah. okay, um, are we all going to die kind of election, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it, it really was, you know, it was it was almost more than de- it, democracy at stake. It was more like, okay, if this guy stays in power, um, he's clearly incapable of handling basic things like, you know, how do you manage a pandemic, right? Things that you'd hope a president would be able to manage. Um, how many people died on Trump's watch? Five hundred thousand people 500, died on his 000. watch. I can't remember how many people. Like there are many estimates about how many people wouldn't through his mishandling uh, were killed. Um, but in the hundreds at of thousands, at least at least a quarter of a million. Yeah, didn't need uh, to die. Right, didn't need to die because of his stupidness. Right, and it's probably ongoing. And all the you know the the politicization of masks and vaccines and that's all Trump's fault. Right. Yeah, there were many districts in red states, especially, obviously, where the Republicans legitimately lost, you know, maybe in the four figures, in the thousands of votes because of Republicans dying of COVID. Sacrificing themselves for Donald Trump. It's it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Someone's going to crunch those numbers at some point and figure that out. Yeah, Charles Gabba wrote a whole piece about it. Charles Gabba. If you find Charles Gabba on Twitter, he wrote a whole piece analyzing. He's already got that worked out? Yeah, well, he's he's in the process of where obviously all the votes haven't been counted. So he's, you know, all the data isn't there. But based on the data he's got so far. He was charting it, you know, if you were to go district by district, in literally in the thousands, like 4,000 votes lost here, 4,000. And they they obviously add up. I mean, it may not seem a lot when you're talking about millions of votes in some areas, but it all adds up. It makes a difference, yeah. especially when we're talking about elections that are decided by, literally you know, in the case of Georgia, of 0.4% or whatever it is. Yeah, you got to think like, had they taken this seriously, there might be a, 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 a lot more cult members around. The cult members drank the Kool Aid, 
and um, or, or didn't get the vaccine, right? And and uh, they're dead. So I mean, you know, I guess this is what happens when you put your faith in a madman. And, yeah. So uh, and sorry, Justin. No, sorry. No, this is something that we were. Well, I wanted to before we moved on to anything else. I wanted to say. Um, if you're looking at the statistics for eight, um, who voted by age for Gen Z, eight, um, white, white, 18 to 29, voted 58 percent Democrat, 40 percent Republican. And that's the only age um, age group for white people that voted for Democrat. Every other group voted overwhelmingly Republican, including our generation, yeah. which is super annoying. I, I, well, I, the young ones are all right, you know. The young yeah, ones are X, all right. Gen yeah. X going heavy for a Republican is really pissing me off. But mm. it is what it is. But Gen Z really didn't. And that is really freaking Republicans out. Like, yeah. hardcore freaking Republicans out. Which is good. but Because yeah. they're batshit crazy. They're batshit crazy. And I think this next generation is not, you know, like Bob, like you were saying earlier, uh, they're not up for destroying the planet in the name of, you know, Making Elon Musk a little bit richer. Well, if you think about it, they're going to be the ones, this generation are going to be the ones where they and their children will hit the worst parts of the climate crisis. Um, Yeah, Because we're, we're talking about, yeah, if we're looking at the end of this century and lifespans expanding significantly, in fact, I think Gen X is going to be the first sadly enough for the American electorate, Gen X is going to be the first generation, I think, that could have a life expectancy that exceeds 100 years. And and so you can imagine Gen Z, who's being raised by Gen X, is going to live even longer. They're going to see all of this shit go down. Uh, Their children are going to see all the shit go down. And I think they realize that. They can do the math. (laughs) They're they're kids, but but they can absolutely do the math. And... uh, and they're just they're done with it. They're done with, you know, being threatened by murder in school. They're done with being threatened by murder, you know, because of wildfires and hurricanes and heat and extreme cold and all the rest of it that's on tap, rising sea levels. And, you know, as I keep describing it, human extinction, all the things that would go along with a mass extinction event. They know that. They understand that and they're pushing back against it. And I think that's ultimately the side effect will be not only policies to mitigate the climate crisis, uh, further policies, but also that's going to be good news for democracy. Mm. I mean, let's just quickly talk about how like the the, the media uh, before we move on. Um, I want to just quickly talk about the media and why they seem to what what is going on here right they seem to be we and we touched on it briefly before right but what is going on here right they seem to be just hell-bent on following this old model of you know like the sports race and it's this you know red versus blue left versus right the poll numbers that you know what i mean um and they just spectacularly got this wrong. They really did. They really fucked this up. And they keep doing it, right? They did it, they, you know, they, they keep getting it wrong. Um, and they keep playing into this weird narrative. And, uh, you know, there was, there were all these articles out there um, 
about how the Democrats, even though this was like amazing for the Democrats, I think it was Politico, it was a headline like, you know, uh, a good night for the Democrats, but this still spells trouble for Joe Biden. Yeah, with warnings for <laughs> yes. Joe Biden. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah like, wait a second. Well, like, wait, what? Well, what? you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think. All right. So, one of the largest problems for Republicans is that they're super, super extreme, right? And that's that's what drives voters away from them, right? There is their absolute extremism. You know, their their hardcore racism, their hardcore anti-government, their their vow to overturn future elections. You know, Bob had this in his um in his article um, that Greg Sargent reported. I'm going to quote this: at least four of the five swing states that decided 2020 won't have election denying governors or secretaries of state. It may yeah. soon be five. All right, mm-hmm. and yep. it wasn't like they were subtle about it. They were really, really open that if you elect me, I, and one of them actually said it, Republicans will never lose another election in this state. All right, mm. so they're literally saying. We're going to rig elections, right? That's as extreme as it gets when it comes to being anti-democratic. And um, so they're screaming about how they're going to overturn elections. They're screaming about how they're going to make a national abortion ban. They're screaming, you know, their white nationalism. They're just really out about that. The anti-Semitism is through the fucking roof. Mm -hmm. And if you're the press, you will not discuss that. You don't discuss it like you'll touch on it, but then you'll talk about how Democrats aren't getting their messaging through or Democrat this. and You don't want to talk about it. You're not really allowed to talk about how fucking crazy, how absolutely fucking bonkers, insane Republicans are. You're just not allowed to do that. You're just not in the mainstream media. So, Oh, I'm sorry, Justin. Go ahead. No, if you're not allowed to talk about that. Then you can't talk about how voters don't want to talk, uh, don't want to vote for crazy people. So you have to come up with all these other narratives about how voters are going to vote for Democrats because you know Democrats, the economy, and it's it's not the economy. That's not what they're voting for. They're voting against the absolute batshit insanity of Republicans. But you can't talk about that. So what do you do? You have to come up with something else. And that's where the media keeps fucking this up because they either both sides it and they just they just cannot say anything good about Democrats that there was that little window of like two weeks where they were like, wow, Democrats are doing really well. And they immediately went right back to, oh, no, 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 no. Red wave, red wave. The Democrats are losing red wave. It's going to be red wave. We can't say bad things about uh, Republicans. Red wave, red wave. And that's what happened. They just mm. cannot talk shit about mm-hmm. Republicans because it'll seem biased. Mm. But they can always talk smack about um, Democrats. Always. Also, bear in mind this little calendar note. At the end of this year, Donald Trump's corporate tax cuts expire. That's a factor, I think, in this election. That's a factor in how it was covered. That's a factor in why we saw inflation and gas prices continue into the autumn far beyond where they would normally have uh, gone down at some point. I mean, at least gas prices. Usually gas prices go up in the summer because people travel and then they end up normalizing later on. Um, But knowing that the corporate tax cuts expire at the end of this year, I legitimately believe that corporations, big energy included, gouge those prices. 
because they knew they had to take all they could get before the corporate tax cuts expire. And they didn't want or, or they didn't want Democrats controlling Congress and the White House, uh, but mainly Congress, so they could get the Republicans to renew the tax cuts. And so they gouged prices in order to help the Republicans win this year. And it didn't work. So thank God it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, this, I think the corporate go- tax cuts had so much to do with the past year of, you know, argle bargle shovel fights over inflation. I think that was the main thing. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and agree with you there, Bob. Like I'm I, yeah. I genuinely think there's there's some truth to this. And I mean look look at what Elon Musk <laughs> fucking Elon Musk, Jesus. Um all we seem to be talking about these days is Elon Musk. What's Elon Musk think about this? What Elon Musk think about that? But he came out. He came out in favor of the Republicans, right? He said, yeah, "Go and vote for Republicans." Was supposed to be neutral. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Musk comes out and says, "Go vote for Republicans." Why? Because, like, you know, you want to keep keep uh, its its checks and balances, right? Um, ah, he would never say that if it was a fucking Republican president. Never in a million right, years right, he right, would right, say right, that. Right, 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 exactly. So, so my guess is, you know, I, I think that again, um, you know, for billionaires, for that, for those that class of people, right, billionaires, millionaires, corporations, having the Republican Party in power is hugely beneficial, and having them, like, yeah, I think they wanted to keep those tax cuts in place. That's my guess. Right, a mm-hmm. lot of this was about what was about to, you know, the the expiration of the Trump tax cuts. I've been thinking about that, but didn't want to say it out loud. But Bob, I'm glad you said it because yeah. um, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, and and I think that, that it made me think when Elon Musk said that. I was like, why is he saying this? Mm-hmm. Why is he saying that? Because he knows a the Republicans are um, uh, what's the word? They're broadly behind him in his Twitter takeover and this f- whole uh, fake free speech thing on on, oh, uh, yeah. on s- social media, which isn't happening. Uh, <laughs> but be there some ulterior motive, like billionaires. You know, <laughs> billionaires don't come out with with stuff like that unless there's a reason. It was like Elon Musk when he was when he was talking about the Ukraine. Uh, Russia peace deal. I'm like, why the fuck is he talking about this? Does he, oh yeah, because he's friends with Putin. Yeah, Putin's been yeah, Putin's been reaching out to him. So the, the, there's some um, ulterior motive here. Uh, but look, anyway, uh, speaking of both sides, let's go on to both sides. Um, Wait, my, I'm sorry. Hold on. Before before we get to that, I have some really super depressing news. Uh, news. Uh, Kevin Conroy. Oh the, yeah. The voice. Yeah. The voice of Batman. That's all that passed away. Such a, a yeah, such a sad thing. Uh, Fuck. So iconic. I mean, we always talk about Michael Keaton and Christian Bale and, you know, the usual movie actors who played Batman. But never underestimate the influence, the the staggering uh, performance that Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy turned in as Batman on so many occasions. I mean, he and Mark Hamill as Batman and Joker. Uh, yeah, two of the greatest uh performers to ever occupy those characters. Well, yeah, that's sad, sad news, very sad news. I'm sorry, um, let us let us continue. (laughs) I have a good, uh, I I have a um, Adam West, by the way. We're talking about Batman. Um, a friend of mine in LA once once uh booked Adam West uh and the Batmobile to do a, a sort of um a commercial type thing and drove around the, the CBS parking lot with Adam West and the Batman bill. Wow. 
which is pretty cool. That's my Holy Batman shit. story. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. pretty cool. Um, so just um, yeah, sorry for the interlude, people. Bad the the bad news, Batman fans. Everyone's a Batman fan, right? Um, that is that is sad. If they're not. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So look, uh, both sides. My pick this week is um, our friend Jesse Waters, Waters, whatever you call him. Um, this guy, uh, this guy's take from the obviously it was quite funny watching him watching all these dicks come to terms with the fact <laughs> that, that there was no red tsunami. <laughs> but uh, here we go. This is uh, reported by Jezebel. This is Fox News continues to deliver the incisive election analysis that they alone are putting out into the world. Case in point, host Jesse Waters on Wednesday night broke down a segment that showed 68% of unmarried women voted for Democrats this cycle, compared with just 42% of married women. He has a theory for why this may be. Uh, Quote, Democrat policies are designed to keep women single, Waters said. He continued, single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats, so we need these ladies to get married, and it's time to fall in love and just settle down. Guys, go put a ring on it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Completely missing the whole fucking point of this election. The whole fucking point as to why so many single women went and voted. It's not because... God damn it, these idiots. They... (laughs) I'm just, I'm blown away by how dumb that's that is. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, sadly, I'm not blown away by how dumb it is because that's how they're interpreting this. They're saying we can reverse all of this. This is the, 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 the Fox News strategy. I genuinely think this is the Fox News strategy, right, for for the Republican Party. Is basically, it, it's, to, it's to go um, handmaid's tale on them, right? It's to basically say, like, uh, we need to return to a traditionalist society and if we don't, we're screwed, right? Uh, and we win elections by repeatedly telling women what's good for them, that they must they must settle down, bear children, um, and you know all will be well. You'll be happy, uh, and just vote you know vote Republican uh, because of like you know brown people coming in from other countries and um, you know defiling our our women and whatnot. This is that, that's their strategy, right? That, that, Where do white they, women at? <laughs> right, exactly. So. Uh, anyway, that's my pick for this week. This is a uh, uh, horrible misogynist, Jesse Waters. How do you pronounce his name? Jesse Waters. Just like Jesse like Waters. The yeah. liquid, yeah. Waters with an S. Yeah. Yeah, I forget. Someone punched him at an event at some place in D.C. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, 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 I was so really, sad when I heard that. Yeah, I was really yeah, sorry for the on. guy. Let me, let me wipe a tear. <laughs> uh, Justin, your pick this week. Um. This is uh this is our good friend friend of the podcast Nick Fuentes neo Nazi. <laughs> we love this guy, right? Yeah, we love we love uh, Nick Fuentes. This is the guy who runs America First Pack. Um, if you have not been listening to Rachel Maddow's Ultra podcast, um, America First used to be a neo Nazi group or neo Nazi. Uh, sorry, not neo Nazis. Nazis is the original Nazis. They were an American political group that was deeply aligned with neo uh, with the Nazi Party and tried to overthrow the American government back in the 30s. So the fact that uh, Nick Fuentes calls his group America First is not accidental in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, mm. moving on, um, he also was very upset about uh, Tuesday's results. Poor, and, I feel um, so bad for them. I know, right? It's a, hold on. Let me get that other tier. Wait. Ah, there it is. So – 
he went on and randled and um, part of his rant, rant, ranting was, um, you got to recognize the fact that this is a godless country. I hate it. It's immoral. It's wrong. It's heinous. But this is an evil country. And this country will surprise you with how evil it is. So blah, blah, blah. He goes on. He blames the Jews and the media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Course, yeah. Then he gets to the important parts um, because they don't even pretend anymore. It sucks. And it is what it is. But that's why we need a dictatorship. That's unironically why we need to get rid of all that, that being the democracy. We need to take control of the media or take control of the government and force the people to believe what we believe or force them to play by our rules and reshape the society. This piece of shit just just comes straight out and say it. Now, this is the guy that Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is quite the rising star in the party still, just openly campaigned with. and. The Republican Party is okay with it. They're just fine. He's a this guy's just a rising star in the right wing movement, and there's just nothing like that on the left. Nothing nope. even remotely close to it. Nope. But you know, you know, Mm-mm. both sides, right? Both, both sides. sides. Yeah. Just as bad. Just as bad. Well, and this, I'm telling you, this guy is going to be in the MAGA world. Um, I, I think, like, my even prediction- after Trump is gone. He's yeah. still going to be here. I don't think Trump's going anywhere, by the way. I think Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene are going to be... Anyway, I'll save this for later. But yeah, this is my... <laughs> I'm going to give you my theory in the members section, right? Um, uh, but this guy, I think Nick Fuentes is going to be... He, he's going to play a big role in some of this stuff. Cause, uh, I hope not. I, I, now, he's still going to be here. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah, he's still he's going to be around. Because You know what? I'm not even sure he's serious. I, I I still think it's some kind of fucking just a prankster doing this. He I hope is, you're right, Bob. I hope you're right. Yeah, I don't know, but it's working. So. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the problem. That's I mean, he's problem. in line. I mean, he's saying the things that red hats all say privately. But yes, but his performance. I don't know. There's something about him that raises a red flag to me outside of the awful, awful shit that he says. There's something phony baloney about him that I can't quite put my finger on. I hope you're right, Bob. I hope you're yeah. right. I just yeah. fear that this is again, this is like the you know um, the split in between the GOP and the MAGA party, which is I think becoming more pronounced um, after this election. Uh, that this guy, you know, yeah, I don't know. The clowns and the berserkers, they they still have a role to play in all of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope you, I hope you're right, but yeah. That he's a fake, but I don't know. Um, anyway, Bob, who's your pick this week? You know what? I forget if I did this one last week, so you'll have to remind me. I don't know if you guys remember, but I was going to go here with uh, Joel Koskin, who was a South Dakota Senate candidate. Um, lost his race, thank fucking God. <laughs> but he was uh, he was charged with sexual assault on his adopted child. Ooh, no, uh, not yeah, oh, for God's sake, he's charged. Wow. Uh, what was it? Thursday, the third for multiple sexual acts against his adopted daughter. South Dakota Assistant Attorney General Mandy Miller filed charges of rape, sexual conduct with a child under 16 and aggravated incest related uh, child against Koskin on Thursday. Uh, according to court documents obtained by Native News Online on Thursday, the crimes began in 2014 when the adopted child was placed in in the home at 12 years old. Holy Jesus. The victim was interviewed by law enforcement earlier this year and stated that she was adopted by Joel and Sally Koskin 10 years ago when she realized what was inappropriate touching while attending a summer youth camp in the Black Hills. She told camp counselors that her adopted father, Joel, 
had a sexual interest in her and wanted to be sexually intimate with her. And uh, I, I, I underscore once again that Joel Koskin lost that race, but that was a Repu- he was a Republican nominee endorsed by the Republican Party wow. to be uh, a member of the South Dakota Senate. And by the way, I just always like to add this at the end. Still, as of uh, November 11th, 2022, the number of trans people who've committed sexual assaults in bathrooms remains zero. Well, I could name hundreds of Republicans who have been charged with sexual assaults and other related offenses this past year, if not entirely convicted. Just throwing that out there as they continue to scream about how trans people are a threat to the world. And by the way, I do want to add that a lot of this attack against single women coming from the Republicans since Election Day is actually aimed at trans people or trans women specifically. They were uh, there was a panel discussion between Benny Johnson, Jack Posobiec, Steve Bannon, a bunch of those guys. And they were talking about how the Democrats want to turn literally everyone into trans women. I think this is Posobiec saying turn everyone into trans women so that they can dominate elections because of all the then the the newly minted single women is somehow the twisted fucking logic they're using. These are people who are so. I've never seen this level of insecurity about (laughs) their own uh, gender station than this. Uh, Show us on the doll where trans people touched you, Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle and all the rest. (laughs) I don't mean to group those guys necessarily into a political movement, but they are kind of part of it. Just saying. They're feeding this hysteria, right? They're feeding yeah. this this whole sort of hysteria over over trans people and bathrooms and whatnot. And yeah, and it's Republicans. Yeah, it's, it's Republicans, time and time again. Every yeah. single time this comes up, oh, it's another Republican, huh? It was like back during uh, the first year and a half or so of COVID. Every time you'd see someone, oh, someone died, some official, oh, Republican. Republican. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Speaking of, I I know I've talked about it before, and I wrote an entire article about it. This the pedophilia thing is it's not serious, only yeah. Republican, but it is overwhelmingly Republican. And this is something that's really been happening in just the last decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find them scattered throughout the last couple, you know, couple of decades, but this concentration is really something that's been the last 10, 15 years. So there's something there's something happening there. Mm. There's, there's this this is continued concentration of pedophiles being attracted to the just like they are attracted to the boy scouts they're attracted to the church they're attracted to you know any group where it's extremely patriarchal a lot of power and no accountability that's where you're going to find pedophiles and that is now rapidly becoming the republican party especially where there's religion involved so there's something seriously deeply going wrong with the republican party that you're getting this kind of concentration of pedophiles in the party. Mm. And it's not just the FBI is getting better at finding them because if that was the case and it was just everywhere, then you'd also be finding it in the Democratic Party. And you just aren't. That's not happening. It's just the Republican Party. So, you know, read into that what you will. Scary. Well, listen, um, guys, we're going to go into the members only section uh, where we're going to talk about um what the midterms what does this mean for donald trump what is donald trump's future in the party what is ron DeSantis' future in the party is this going to be a bloodbath battle between the two of them 
Um, how bad is this? How how bad? I basically how bad is this for Trump? Uh, so we're going to talk about that there. If you'd like to join us in the members only section, please come. You can get a free trial, listen to it for free. Stick around if you enjoy what we do um, here at the Banter. We rely on all of you to keep going. So um, subscribers, uh, we really, really appreciate it. You really, really appreciate your support of the podcast and of the newsletter. Um, just click the link in the Substack article and you'll be able to get the members only piece and uh, members only podcast rather and we'll see you there later